Welcome to Envisioned Broadcasting. The station designed to encourage, equip, and empower you for growth and success presents When They Hear Us An Author's Movement A show that provides authors a platform to share their voice with the world. When They Hear Us With Dr. Tracy Hines Lashley Begins now Hello world, I am excited to be here with you guys again today. I have a special guest with me. His name is Mr. Mort Murphy, and he loves sharing the joy of creativity live on radio, TV, and online. He does spoken word, poetry, paintings, and he is also a person who just simply enjoys life. <laughs> So he is going to talk a little bit about his poetry. He's going to recite some of his poetry, which I am very excited for that. And he's also going to tell us about the joy of laughter. So Mr. Murphy, tell us a little about yourself. Sure. Thanks very much. And I'm glad to be on here. My background is um, I'm 67 and I live here in Ireland. And the um, my background is business and uh up to my mid-50s and within my mid-50s my health became very poor and I, I I can only call it I crashed and burnt in other words I wasn't able to work and it took quite a few years before I could uh, understand what had happened everything I had fell apart from me I lost family I lost home I lost business I lost friends I lost respect I lost everything I didn't know what was happening to me and the um, in my early 60s, I found my way into the rooms for addictions. And I have three or four addictions, but they weren't anything I was familiar with. One is compulsive overeating. One is an addiction to suffering um, from being raised in an alcoholic family. I didn't know such a thing even existed. One is workaholism. And one is um, an addiction to denial of my creativity, something I never ever knew that I had or existed within me. I thought I was one of those people who just had no talent or no gifts. And the, um, when I found my way into those recovery rooms, very bitter, depressed, despairing person, uh, I had little hope that life would change for me. I found it a very bad place to be. And because I had nowhere else to go, really, I had no one to speak to, I, I will read a poem in a minute called Death by Their Shunning. But uh, I really had no one to turn to in the sense of, so I went into 12 Steps Recovery Room, more as a place to sit down and shelter from life and hide rather than to look for recovery. And I had absolutely zero belief in a God if I had known that a God existed, I would quite literally have been very damaging to that God. I could use stronger words, but I don't wish to on a, on a, on a radio broadcast. Wow. But I got surprised. I really got surprised. Um, in spite of my bitterness, I began to get better. Sure, I did recovery and sure, I did walk the steps in the sense I had a sponsor working with me. And it was only I did all those things out of desperation because I had nowhere else to go. Yeah. Um, I, I was really on the on the line of being homeless on the, in the gutter. My my brother 
was paying for a, a flat for me to other if he stopped doing that well the only other place i could go was from being quite well off to being living in the street so as i say i recovery started for me slowly but surely and i i walked the steps and different things and followed the suggestions of my sponsor not out of any great desire to do it believe you me it was more to do out of desperation i i had no choice as far as i was concerned i had tried in previous decades what i mean in our words for a long time i had tried hypnosis i had tried new age spirituality i had tried personal development i had tried success uh, which i had reasonably good at to be honest about it but it didn't make me feel one bit better and i had no idea what was wrong with me and it turned out one of my illnesses a severe mental illness meant that i had i was afraid to go to doctors or for medical help so i wouldn't go to those i knew i was bad enough that if they found me they'd lock me up but they didn't because they couldn't find me <laughs> oh wow <laughs> so, um, then in last year, 2020, I've been seeing a psychologist as well as doing 12 steps recovery for the last number of years. But I guess she must have known of her sometime. She's a really good psychologist and as far as I'm concerned, uh, I don't know what anybody else's opinions are, but uh, in the sense of using therapy, but it has really worked for me as part and parcel of working the 12 steps as part of my recovery. And she diagnosed me with borderline personality disorder last year, which is a severe mental illness. And of course, if I ever heard of anybody having a severe mental illness, I would feel threatened by thinking that they are mentally ill. It never occurred to me that I was mentally ill. <laughs> but once I had the diagnosis and it was explained to me, while borderline personality disorder is a self-tormenting illness, I was no danger to anybody else. I'm really, really cruel to myself. That's the nature of the illness. Wow. And, the, uh, and another uh, mental illness diagnosed is avoidant personality disorder. I would do everything possible, everything possible to avoid coming out in public and letting people know what's going on in my life. So, you know, I, I would have done a lot. I would really would have given a lot if you canceled this appointment, this interview. I would have given a, an extraordinary amount if there was some way I could weasel out of it and avoid putting myself yeah. out in the public. And yet it turns out, and this is why I'm laughing, it turns out to be one of my great gifts that I'm given, a person who didn't know anything about having creativity. And I'll explain it to yeah. in a moment. But one of my gifts is to be out and sharing with the public who I am and sharing the happiness and joy in me. Not because I'm an example, not because I need to share with other people, because it's very simple, which is very difficult for me to get used to. It's who I am. Wow. The same as my skin color is white and yours is dark. That's yeah. who we are. Doesn't make us different to each other, it just makes us who we are. While one of my gifts is sharing the laughter and joy I have inside me and the uh, and having other, inviting others to participate in sharing their own inner smile as we do those kind of exercises together. And so, wow. Some of the yes, points. I was, when I read your bio, I was like, oh my goodness, he loves happiness and joy and smiling. I'm like, yes. <laughs> um, 
Two years ago, I would have denied point blank that such a thing existed inside me. I could smile, certainly, and I would have a smiling face, but it would be all pretense. Inside, I would have been just miserable and depressed and really in a bad place. And once I left the company of other people and I'd be on my own, I would really sink right down into gloom and doom. Now I spend, because of lockdown, like most people, I spend most of my time on my own, and I'm a retired pensioner in that age bracket. I'm very happy. My life is full. There's so much going on in my life in, create, in a creative sense that it comes out itself. There's nothing that I, I don't press any button. And I guess... The easiest way to explain is that I'm surprised at what comes out. Wow! And and the uh, because as it emerges onto the onto the canvas or emerges onto the page in writing or whatever it would be, I don't know what's happening. I have no script here tonight for sitting down speaking with you on this interview. I am literally just um, leaving come out what comes out. And part of, part of what comes out, which wants to come out now, is laughter. And I'm going to laugh. And for me, <laughs> I think it's really stupid to laugh like this because I have shied away all my life. I'm showing myself in public. Laughter <laughs> 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 is great. Because the laughter is part and part of one of my gifts. And like all creativity, yeah. I have discovered for me, that laughter is a spiritual experience. The inner laughter, that uh, the exact opposite. I never knew what a spiritual experience was, but I do know that doom and gloom and depression are not. I can tell you that <laughs> I could write a few books on those and it wouldn't matter. There's already books written about them. I'd be only adding my advice to, the, to what already exists. But I am making the point from my experience. I know that depression and despair and all those feelings and are not spiritual at all, but by uh, my recovery has brought out a laughter inside me I did not know existed. And I call that a spiritual experience, and it's just incredible. And I get that gift every day. And, you and know, to be able to smile during the pandemic is so crucial. And, oh, and sure. as you stated, and being home alone, it's like, if you don't laugh, it's like, where would you go? You know, having that joy and that peace, it's like, what else would you have? That well, mental illness is is something crucial. It's serious. Sure, sure. And I'm not a therapist. I wouldn't claim, I'm not claiming to be a therapist, not at all. I am in therapy as a client of a therapist. <laughs> oh, I'm not claiming to be a therapist. But the laughter, yes, I can certainly do yes. the laughter because the laughter is part and parcel of who I truly am. And it's just amazing. And the, um, you know. So. And having I, that joy, it's because joy comes from within. So it's like, if you didn't have joy, man, you wouldn't be able to find your happiness or your laughter. You would well, just like you had to say that you'll be sinking. When I hear you say that, I say to myself, this is a very fortunate person to be able to say something like this and know the truth of it. Because I had no clue what that was. I could yeah. agree with you before, but inside I had no clue what you were speaking about. I would have to only mimic it or copy you. 
Yeah. But inside, I'd feel nothing, nothing at all. Wow. And when I'm on my own, then those feelings of emptiness and loneliness would stop me. So yeah. the best I could do would have been agree with you. But today, I can say, my God, can you imagine some person <laughs> having that? I didn't know what that was. <laughs> I thought they were lying. <laughs> Well, I'm certified in emotional intelligence, so yes. <laughs> sure, sure, I believe you, totally. Yes, yeah. so that's what I learned. It's like, you know, when you people walk around and be like, you know, so-and-so didn't make me happy. I wasn't happy with them. Well, but you have to find joy within yourself, and you can be happy in any situation. Yes. You know I what I'm saying? It's that. like, yes. I yeah. can only say that for myself. I tried. Mm -hmm decades of positive thinking and personal development and hypnosis and new age spirituality and i tried a ton of things they all failed and i'm not saying they failed because they don't work i am saying i am now able to say today they failed for me because my mental illness meant that it was untreated and i was trying to put a band-aid over a very deep illness and so it is just uh you know a different life for me and i have a lot of compassion for people who find it difficult to laugh i really do yeah. and the um but sorry there's no but i am saying that for a moment in time for just a short moment in time 30 seconds or 60 seconds um others can join with me and people to have that laugh together and to know that it is possible and they can be given that space of that little reprieve from themselves and it isn't that i give them the reprieve not at all i believe that motivation comes from not that the speaker gives motivation to the participant but that by us being together the uh, the gloom lifts that little bit and our soul of our spirit our enthusiasm is revealed to us yes. and it would be a mistake for me to say that my uh my contribution was i lifted the gloom from the other person i'd be wronging the person completely because that person and i together we are lifting our gloom and in your case you are lifting the gloom that if you have any that would be belong to the, each other uh, each person and that your spirit is coming out at this moment and i would love for people to join with me in laughter similar to events where they get that 60 seconds or five minutes how long they wish to participate in lifting that gloom that's like a mantle around us and our own spirit shines out and see that for that few seconds. Wow. That is beautiful. <laughs> Thanks. Wow. We're going to take a quick break and we will be right back. Okay, we are back and we are here with Mr. Murphy talking about happiness and joy. I am excited because I'm, he's about to share some of his poetry with us. 
Yes. Are you ready? You want to share some things with us? <laughs> sure. I'd like to just touch on a poem, which was it touches on very dark days for me in my severe mental illness. And I guess a lot of people do not know how to handle people with mental illness. I didn't, certainly. I certainly didn't. And the, uh, but the, the poem tells of a dark period in my life, but it's also a turning period of my life where I was lucky because the poem is titled Blessed by Their Shunning. And it was there. It is one thing for me to say that a person, I meet one person on the street and they cross the street rather than speak to me. And I can say, well, they're wrong. But if a hundred people cross the street rather than speak to me, I'm left with a situation. They can't all be out of step. There's something in me I must look at regardless of their behavior. If 200 people or 300 people do that, which is what happened in my case, not all together, by the way, but over a period of years of people I was very close to, literally. And the, um, and I, I'm, I have no way of knowing, but I'm understanding today that they understood I was mentally ill and they just, for their own safety, uh, did whatever they do. But they did me the biggest favor I can ever think of. They really did. Because it caused me to turn to something that I would never have done only for they doing that. And I'll just read the poem where it's self-explanatory. It's called Death by Their, Shun by Their Shunning. Let me just see. Here it comes. So the poem is autobiographical. In other words, this is what really happened in my life. Our paths will meet at that corner. Seeing me puts down his head, speeds up his pace. Oh my God, the poem has gone into sit to a security lock. We're we have to come back to the interview, Tracy. Come back and ask me something <laughs> right here. It is okay. So what um when you reflect on you with the space that you were in as you were writing that poem, where were you? When I was writing the poem? Yes, when you yes. I was making sense of what was happening in my life in this in the understanding. I was in recovery when I wrote the poem. The shunning happened before I went into recovery. So it was a number of years later that I wrote the poem. And the, uh, but at that stage I was beginning because I had more home truths had come into my life about where I was in myself and uh, the uh, events that had got me to turn towards 12 steps and a power greater than myself. And the poem is back, by the way, so I can speak, read it in a moment. Okay. Um, <laughs> it got me to reflect on what happened when all those people walked away from me. And I was very bitter at the time. I was really, really bitter. Mm. But as I say, when I look back some years later, when I had better understanding of how ill I was and what recovery was doing for me, I realized they had done me a major favor because if they had reached out to me, and tried to help me in the sense of what I wanted, I would never have turned to 12 steps into recovery. I would never have discovered that I have severe mental illness. And I would certainly never have found the unconditional love of a power greater than me and who has brought me the joy and laughter that I have today. Wow. It just wouldn't have happened. 
So this is why the poem is called Death by Darshani. I, will I start it again, if I may? Yes, please. Our paths will meet at that corner. Seeing me puts down his head, speeds up his pace, and veers away into evasion, fled. The couple before me in the checkout queue, only one shopper, one shopper and trolley between. They see, dead now their eyes, looking past, my very existence deleted from being seen. And so they turn away, or cross the street, not just one or two, but most of all of those I knew and held sweet. In the darkness of my shunning came a feeble thought. I did not merit it with attention, and against it I fought. What if the huge volume of ignoring may mean whatever it means to them, but in truth points me to a different road that I am to turn within? Is my despair of heart to be my grave, or is it to be something else entire? What if I follow this shoddy ray of hope and it leads me home to be whole? Vice of fire. And so this torturing, shaming shun, designed to weed me out of society's grace, does not prove to be man's power to rule, but turns me to the spat to the path of spirits, sunshining place. That's it. Wow, it's like I forgot that I was in an interview. It just like took me to a place to where I'm like, man, it's like I was there. <laughs> sure. So a when you write about my poetry, yeah. Yes. I, I was just like, wow, captivated. Mort Murphy loves sharing the joy of creativity live on radio, TV, or online. He discovered his unknown creativity in his 60s. As he recovered from addictions and severe mental illness, the joy of inner laughter bubbling up inside him as he lives his creativity can be seen by visiting his channel on YouTube, where he is M.O.R.T. Murphy Creativity. Mort is also an amazing poet who shares his unique gifts and talents with the world. He will publish a poetry book soon. Go to Amazon to learn more and purchase your copy of his book. Anybody who wishes to support him in sharing the joy that he receives, Please go to www.ko-fi.com, Mort, or send an email to mortlmurphy at gmail.com. So when you were writing this, you were in this place, So, and you put those words on paper, what is it that you want people to know, that feeling that you want them to have when they hear it? I guess it's the, the real... It's grace, you know, that there's something bigger than me. When I was a child, when I was a young adult, I often wondered where had, I'm going to use the word God, but I'm not saying that anybody has to believe what I believe in. Not at all. It's fine. Mm -hmm. For example, if I may give an example, I'm just stepping yes. out of the conversation for a moment. But I'm aware that there are many people recover in 12-step movements who do not believe in any god or any power greater than supernatural power 
And there are many people in the world who have what they call spontaneous recovery. They don't have to go near any 12 steps and it just, it happens for them. So I'm not saying that everybody's life is the same as mine. But when I was a young, young man or a child or both, I often wondered where had the God gone that was often mentioned in the Bible and such versions. Where was he gone in this day and age? I said, well, obviously he doesn't exist. Is the conclusion I brilliantly came to. And, the, and the, I've since got the, my eyes opened because that poem means that if I look at life as just how I'm treated by other people as being the explanation of life, I am wrong. Wow. And if I look at them as doing me a real disservice and I am entitled to be angry and to find fault with them, I've missed something, the big favor that they're doing me. And I'm not saying that I wanted this favor, by the way, not at all. It was a sure, sheer volume of shunning that pointed out the favor I was being done because I didn't believe I was being doing, being done any favor. <laughs> but, um, but it turned out that they were because I had no one to speak to. I had no one to turn to. I had no one to talk to. I had no one that would listen to me that could understand and what I was on about and my mental health meant that I wouldn't go to medical support or medical professionals for advice because my illness kept me away from them. And, the, um, and so the very fact that that occurred to me meant that I uh, ended up, now I'm not saying I ended up there in a straight line, that this happened and that happened. In between that, I wanted to commit suicide a number of times and the, uh, I just didn't have the courage or the guts to do it. And uh, I, there's a poem somewhere about that as well. But <laughs> so, uh, you know, and uh, you know, mental health, especially today, um, if you don't deal with it the right way, as we spoke before this interview, you know, it could be deadly, and suicide could be the best choice for people. So, when you're thinking about those dark days in the mental state that you were in, what advice would you give people to seek help? Because like, especially right now during the pandemic, we're seeing, we're not, we're not hearing all of the stories. We're not hearing about people being home alone and not taking this so well. And the suicide rate I'm sure has gone up, it's skyrocketed. Well, I can't give them any advice. I'm not yeah. in the position. Why would I, a man with a mental illness, give anybody advice for how to deal with their mental illness? Well, I'm not going to walk like, away from your question, though. I, I'm going to answer yeah. your question. But I'm not going to say that I have an answer. Mm -hmm. I can only share my experience. Mm -hmm. And I... I'm assuming that this is true for everybody else. Otherwise, it says, it, if what I'm going to say is true only for me, and it's not in some way or another true for everybody else, it means that I've been singled out by a, uh, 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 what's the word, not jealous, uh, you know, he takes sides as some kind of a power greater than myself who 
picks and chooses who he's going to be nice to. And I have no reason whatsoever to believe that to be true because by Christ, sorry for the language, I didn't believe I deserved anything and I couldn't see anybody give me the time of day. I can honestly say <laughs> So, but I will accept that for me, somehow or another, I was given signals, small, quiet signals, gentle nudges, little things kept happening in my life that I knew weren't happening thanks to me. And uh, I'm assuming that these signals just to back up a little bit, these signals were happening for me, these nudges or these gentle things occurring for me. But I was always left with free choice and free will that what I do was up to myself. There was nobody taking control of my life. Mm -hmm. And so if, if there is a power out there playing favorites, I don't know anything about it because I wouldn't wish my life that I had on anybody other than the fact it brought me to where I am today through recovery and through a power greater than myself. And I'm really grateful for that. But I would have wished with all my heart to avoid the hardships that I went through. If there was a way of avoiding that and still end up where I am today, I would be thrilled. Wow. I'm assuming that other people have got those signals or those nudges as much as I, that we're all equal in the eyes of a power greater than myself. And I don't know why they don't um, react or respond to them. I really don't. But I will say this, regardless of, of where people are at in their lives, and whether they get treatment or not. I still believe that regardless of the condition of the person, even all the way to the level of suicide, which is a very extreme decision. And I know for me that the only reason I didn't do it was I just didn't have the courage, really. And by the way, I was afraid that there would be a really punishing God on the other side, and I wanted to hide out from him as long as I could. And I wanted to hang around here. <laughs> but anyway, um, I I uh, I feel that the God that I've come to know today, the uh, the power that's greater than me that I've come to know today, is very very loving. And I don't believe for a second that the person who passes through suicide is not loved by that loving God when he gets to the other side. Absolutely, I believe that with all my heart. I know it contradicts most of what I grew up with and was taught in my in my religion, but that's okay. I can only go with my what my experience is today. And the uh, that God, that power is greater than me, knows that I'm mentally ill. He knows the other person is mentally ill, and he's not going to punish anybody for being sick. Yeah. Who would, what mother would punish her child for being mentally ill? Who would go into a mental hospital and attack the patient for being mentally ill? Nobody would. Yeah. And if we did, well, I would be mentally ill myself doing that. So I don't believe for a second that a power greater than me would do anything like that. As far, when all my experiences are since I slowly but surely have accepted recovery are quite the opposite. 
And that's just my experience. I do not claim to be an authority or an expert or, yes. or a counselor or a therapist or anybody with a solution. I can only speak about my experiences and how fortunate that that power is there because I couldn't do it for myself. I really couldn't. And, you know, I asked a question because even me, I've been there. You know, life is a roller coaster ride. I tell my children that. So knowing that, like you said, there could be a consequence on the other side. <laughs> I was wrong with the consequence, but that was my idea. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, one of the things is like, okay, you're here for a reason. When your time is up, it'll be up. Will you shorten that life? There, yeah, there's gonna be there's gonna be a consequence on the other side, and I am truly believing in that. So, what made me just keep going was, okay, God, I know I'm here for a reason, but things just aren't working out. Why aren't they? You know, and I I beat God up, beat myself. <laughs> like something is really wrong here. Why is this just not working out for me? Be still. I just kept hearing, just be still, be patient and wait, because I learned recently that, you know, one of my mentors, um, Dr. Cheryl Wood would say, your story is about you, but it is not for you. And hearing that, I knew, I knew, yeah, I had to go through. I guess the, um, you reminded me there that, um, I'm becoming very serious here and I should lighten up because my own inner laughter doesn't want me being so serious. But the single, <laughs> single most important part of the 12 steps in my recovery by a trillion miles, by a trillion miles, is the second half of step one in the AA 12 and 12, that my life is unmanageable. And I guess I would devote most of my time in the consciousness of my day regardless of what tasks or actions I'm carrying out, is continuously reminding myself, asking for that power greater than me to manage my life and accepting I cannot manage it myself. I, I give a really simple example. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, the example is so, so ludicrously simple, but for me, it's huge. I so wanted to run from this interview because of my mental illness. I so wanted to run and run and run. Um, <clears throat> wow. I would have done anything. And the only reason I'm here is because of a power greater than myself. There is no other answer for me. I don't, if I had my way, it wouldn't have happened. Full stop. I could wow. give hundreds of examples, but that's the most recent one. Because it's, right, <laughs> it's right here. And, the, uh, and that power greater than me isn't going to make me do the interview doesn't twist my arm to do anything. I'm always left at free will. But I get that sense that, I don't know what you call it, that silence. For me, it's not intuition or it's not anything. It's no vices or nothing like that, generally speaking. It's kind of a silence that's an encouragement is the best I can way I can describe it. And I don't always know what that is. I speak to my sponsor regularly to check what that is. But in my practice of trying to uh, live my recovery, my illness has not gone away, not at all. And the, uh, <laughs> uh, the reason that I'm sane is because of power greater than me. 
is gifting that to me. Yes. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Yes. It's not just the laughter, he's gifting. He's gifting. <laughs> but I got this. <laughs> Someone needed got, to hear this. And well, I got to give up my will every day as best I can. And I don't do a great job of it, but I try to every single day. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I'm talking now by the minute, not by the uh, a quick flash of thought in the morning. All day, throughout the day. It's my single most important task of my day to keep my sanity. So it's not my sanity. It's the sanity <laughs> of a power greater than me. And yeah. the, uh, <laughs> if, I, if I close that door and my illness will want me to close that door, it isn't that my higher power, power greater than me, is taking away anything from me. I'm stopping the gifts that are being given to me by using my free will that still the illness doing it. Yeah. Yes. So that's me. It's been so awesome. I want to hear another poem though. <laughs> sure. Sure. Yeah. I uh, feel yes. if that's okay. I just see what's yeah. coming up here. This poem, as it happens, is also autobiographical. It's called Acceptance of Who You Truly Be. Oh. And the uh, when I say autobiographical, it means that this is true for me. It means this is where I am at in my life. And the uh, here it goes. Oh, would that the mountain lifts and reveals its soul to you. Would that such splendor touch your lips and turn you around to accept your beauty too. You sleep until the dawn of day. Sleep that you may rush anew to and fro. Yet Morpheus visits you with dreams so sweet that your soul's wonders you will come to know. The layers of beauty that bestow your youth will fade upon time's scuttling clouds. They are but touches of the inner grace of truth, a sole wonder of beauty encased in time's shroud. Look not of itself to dawn's new glory your heart to lift, or listen only outward to the lapping of the sea. Silently pray for your inner grace to gift, acceptance of who you truly be. Oh, amazing. <laughs> wow, you need to write this book. Put the book out. Just, just do it. <laughs> well, you have well, beautiful writing. Thanks, thanks very much. The poems are written. Uh, my concern is that, and maybe you can give me some comment back on this, is that some of those poems need, the autobiographical ones need an introduction, an explanation of what's going on in my life. Would that poem mean as much to you without our conversation we've had earlier? It would be, it would be, a, well, I would say it would take me to a place to where I'm thinking about how it pertains to my life. Okay. Yes, so maybe I should just publish the book. Yes, I would just publish the book and then you can have a, you know, volume two to where sure. you interject your stories and within it. So yes, sure. I will publish. Okay, I'm going to publish. I love these poems. Sure. Yes. Uh, they're it's going like, out why in, wait? Um, <laughs> <laughs> why wait, yeah. They're going out in, uh, 
it'll be on it'll be on amazon in the sometime in march it great can go, yeah. yes you need to send me that information <laughs> so do you have any um final thoughts for in, for the audience and how can they get in touch with you your youtube channel everything just tell us how to get with you well I've added the name creativity to my own name, Murphy Creativity, because that is predominantly for one purpose, to remind me that my whole life is the expression of my creativity coming out. And the, uh, so sure, others may remember the name as Mark Murphy Creativity, but for me personally, when I see that word creativity, I know that creativity should be before my name, not after it. I didn't know how to make that work. I'm not going to claim I am creativity. <laughs> I, so, uh, but creativity in actual fact is my life coming out wow. from my recovery. And so I have a YouTube channel. I just started it going. I love subscribers and people to recommend it. So it's Martin Murphy Creativity is the name of the channel. And they'll find it on YouTube and I drop some laughter videos there. On the laughter videos, uh, uh, I'm starting laughter seminar events on Zoom on the 19th. The link for those will be on the Zoom on the YouTube channel. So I'll put the link for people to find me on Zoom on the YouTube channel so they don't have to be wondering where to find it. So they just go to Mark Murphy Creativity on YouTube and in there they'll find the link to the uh, Zoom laughter similar for events. People will not have to laugh. I will do most of the laughing, but I'll be asking them to join in if they wish for a little moment. For a, I mean, I give a very simple example. We also do a little creativity. I was doing uh, on a one-to-one -one on Zoom today with a person from the States, a lovely person. Okay. And uh, she knows she has creativity somewhere, but work demands and life demands and all the demands are, she hasn't really got a chance to live her own personal creativity for her own enjoyment. And we just did a little exercise of writing two lines of a poem. And she participated as much as I did without any pressure. There was no pressure whatsoever. I got a beautiful email back from her since this evening. She put it, she put it in, she put it, she surrounded the words with a, 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 a physical picture of beauty. And she's going to post it on her on our um, social media, letting other people know what happened and the, uh, and the joy she got out of that. And that yeah, nobody asked her to be creative. Nobody expected her to be creative. No pressure of asking her to do any of those things. But is that the, the simulator event means that we just know we can throw in a few words and who will become creative between all of us. The creativity will bring it forward. So that's what's happening on the 19th of, of February and every week thereafter. The link will be on the YouTube channel, Mark Murphy Creativity. And I would love for people to know about this. And I really would love for others to come along and yes. join in the laughter. It's at 11.30 Eastern time, Friday morning, the 19th. Okay, great. And I'll also put it in the description, but Yes, people need to know, you need to laugh, especially right sure. now. I keep talking about the pandemic, but listen, people, listen, listen, listen. Go out there 
and find Mort Murphy creativity. I watched some of his videos and I laughed. <laughs> it is an amazing channel. And I am going to be looking for your book in March, 2021. <laughs> sure, sure. So it. make sure you publish. If I have to email you and hold you accountable for that. <laughs> sure, do that, yeah. <laughs> I'm good at that. The book is yeah. the book is assembled. The poems are written, and the book is assembled. I must just do the cover and the introduction, and out it goes without the uh, explanations yeah. of the poems are self-explanatory. And thank you for showing yes. that up to me. Yes, it is because I I was inside the book. I mean, I just felt that I was there okay. when you read both of them, and I'm like, whoa, I, yeah, they're deep. I love them. Thanks, and the audience will too. Thank you very much. Thank you for being on the show. This was great. <laughs> we had a bit of like uh, hiccup before, but yes, God knew where to place you. You're here because he wants you to be. Thanks yes. So yes. And audience, I will see you guys again next week. Same time, same place. See you then. Thank you for listening to When They Hear Us, where Dr. Tracy Hines Lashley and her guests provide stories and experiences. This is also a platform for authors to encourage, empower, and equip people around the world with their voice. To learn more about Dr. Lashley and her quest to share the voice of powerful writers, go to her website at drtracylashley.info. You may also contact her by sending an email to info at drtracylashley.com. Remember to always intentionally walk in your purpose and strive to elevate to significance.